So much has happened since I last saw you. I lost my hammer, like yesterday, so that's still pretty fresh. Hello, and welcome back to another edition of The Substandard, brought to you by HelloFresh. HelloFresh is the meal kit delivery service that makes cooking fun, easy, and convenient. For $30 off your first week of deliveries, visit HelloFresh.com and enter Substandard30 when you subscribe. I'm Victor Mattis, along with Sonny Bunch and Jonathan V. Last. I'd like to remind you the Substandard is available on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Just look at our podcasts and search for Substandard. You'll easily find us. Please subscribe, tell your friends, leave a review. In addition, we'd also like to remind you the Substandard show notes posted by Jonathan Last are sometimes available on Fridays at 11 a.m. at weeklystandard.com. Occasionally? Is there, are, are we still at some Biennially? Semiannually. Which one is Possibly. Which? Okay, possibly. Possibly. <laughs> Gentlemen, how are we doing? Sonny. Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, uh, I will. Can I just. I want to elucidate. I don't, wait, that's not the right word. Mm. I want to discuss one of my great triumphs. Okay. 35 years old, never read uh, Murder on the Orient Express. Oh, wow. Never seen the movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or the movie, I mm-hmm. guess. Never, I was there a TV show? I never watched that. And, and movies, I managed. Everything. Two versions. There's a, there's, uh, there's David a TV, Suchet uh, version and a Albert right. uh, Finney version. Yes. And then the Kenneth Branagh one is coming and out. now the Kenneth Branagh is coming yeah, out. So anyway, I was reading it because, but I just want to, I, I managed to go my entire life without having that spoiled for me, without having the ending of oh, that. Oh, that's book. impressive. I, I was, I, and I, I don't know, I, I don't know I, how I had, it ends. I, I knew, I knew, I knew kind of, I had some idea of how it ends, um, but I had, I, but I had, ne- I didn't know the specifics of it or how, it, I managed to go my whole life without uh, having the ending of one of the most famous uh, murder mystery stories ever told spoiled for me before I got a chance to read it, and I consider this a personal triumph. So anyway, that was my weekend. And I was. It turns I, out I spent, that the woman is a man. Ago. That's the that's the secret. In the yeah, end. The right. Well, that's the Brian De Palma version. <laughs> is that? Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I'm not familiar at all with the uh, murder. I mean, I know of it, yeah, yeah. but I didn't see it, let alone read Wait, it. You've obviously. never read it or seen either. The no, uh, I did, however, see Death on the Nile. And that's another Agatha Christie. That is my favorite, really, production of any Agatha Christie <laughs> uh, material ever. I saw the, the first... David Suchet Death on the Nile. Right? No, uh, Peter Ustinov, even before his time. Oh my it's my Peter my Ustinov, the David Suchet, Maggie is. Smith. That's awesome. Um, it's a little graphic, even for me. I think some of the, there's a couple murders that were surprising, and um, but very interesting. A- anyway. Uh, Bury your dead, mademoiselle. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, so, so go ahead, Sonny. We uh, uh, m- m- the the reason I had a chance to read it is because Beth was out of town this weekend, so I had a little uh, extra time to myself. And I Wait, also Beth was out of town with your child. No, no, she was the, the child was still here. But so how did you have extra time? Well, I'm during confused. naps and when you know she went to bed, I, there was you know naps of one kid. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, that was. But I also, I also watched, uh, I also watched some old, some old movies this weekend. The time is three forty-five, JVL. Okay, go ahead, Sonny. You watch uh, some old movies because you had uh, lots of time. Yeah, because I had so much time, and it was, it was very interesting to kind of uh, the two movies I watched were Blow Up and Blow Out. Mm. I don't. I, it doesn't really matter what they're about, but they're they're the serious. only one I've seen is Blown Away, and it's not the one with Jeff Bridges. Oh, it's the other one. Uh, but it was there was there it is with it Nicole is like, Eggert. It's really amusing to watch these movies now in like the age of 
uh, Harvey Weinstein and Kevin Spacey because oh. like they're all about like creative people kind of acting poorly and and, and oh, you, you know go. doing like mm-hmm. questionable things, mm-hmm. but like not in a way that really questions what they're doing. That's just kind of accepted. It's like a, it's, it's, like it's producers true. casting yeah. uh, women for their uh, 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 breasts as opposed to their uh, acting ability. Things like that. The good news is that's never going to happen again. Yeah, no, I know that's done. Right, it changes that's, now. that's done. It turns out now. Yeah. No matter what you it's look like, different. you can become a movie star. Yeah, sure. As long as you can act. That's as long all as you can act. That's important. Uh, but it, but it, I like everything. Everything is now just uh, everything is is problematic. This is this. Someone is should lesson. start a blog about mm-hmm. that. Yeah. That'd be that'd be a nice little tumbler. But, but I think the the, the 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 deep question is, you know, much like with O.J. Simpson after that whole thing happened, you know, I couldn't watch anymore any of his like the Naked Gun yep. movies or whatever, <laughs> Towering Inferno. But uh, what about you know Kevin? Sp- There's so many great Kevin Spacey movies. I, you know, does that ruin it now? Can you not watch Usual Suspects anymore? Or Swimming with Sharks or <sighs> L.A. Confidential? Man, I don't know. I I haven't actually tried yet, mm-hmm. but I'm. Well, I just sort of always assumed this stuff about Kevin Spacey, and so this is not. You had already accepted. I would say if, mm-hmm. if this came out this about is Tom in. Hanks, mm-hmm. then I would be like, "Oh my or god, I like can Denzel. never watch The Road to Perdition yeah. again." Yeah. Or yeah. Denzel Washington. I would say for what would with be Kevin Spacey? This was maybe not all the way to fourteen mm-hmm. was baked into the cake, but mm-hmm. for like you know sixteen, seventeen, certainly was. I would I would say that's about right. Mm-hmm. Who would be the most surprising? Like who would be? Who would you actually be shocked and appalled at? Leaving aside Hanks and Denzel, okay, uh, Jeremy Piven. Take the question seriously, Vic. <laughs> I, I, okay, I sign, I'll, I'll get back to you on that because I love. Uh, think, think about I it for a second. You, I'll give you guys a, a second to think about it. Mine would probably be Harrison Ford. Oh yeah. If it turned out that Harrison mm-hmm. Ford was like a real mm-hmm. creep, mm-hmm. if he was like mm-hmm. uh, sexually mm-hmm. assaulting women, or like. I it would it would radically alter my perception of the universe. I, I think had, I would just it would just totally ruin everything about the world for me. I had been bothered. I remember looking at a tabloid once. This was while waiting for at the line for groceries years ago, uh, after his divorce and before uh, Callista, uh, he went to like some bar and got completely trashed, and somebody was there before iPhones and took pictures of him, and he was a mess. And even looking at those pictures where, you know, he needed help, he's with women, yeah. uh, I love what, you know, he needed to, you know, he's hanging on them. It, I felt so awful yeah. looking at that, like, that's not the Harrison yeah. Ford I want to know. JVL. I don't, I don't know. I, I would know, have to, is, to, I to think about it. Harrison Ford is an excellent mm-hmm. call, who is amazing in for a, for a guy who is the biggest leading man of his generation, or if not the biggest, then top three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, a remarkably sedate romantic life. I mean, people know very little about him. Uh, and it, we do not believe that he was like Derek Jeter or George Clooney, just doing it all very much on the down low. Yeah. So yeah. in the Dustin Hoffman allegation story, uh, the woman that worked with him on Death of a Salesman, mm-hmm. I thought there's two really great um, revelations in that, um, which were who were, the, who were the men, who were the actors she loved on that set? Um, Charles Durning, the great late Charles mm-hmm. Durning, who taught mm-hmm. her how to polka, and she fell in love with John Malkovich. John Malkovich, who was like John Malkovich was great. Yeah, yeah. I so. we watched that in high school. Uh, we watched like a VHS yeah. of that, mm-hmm. and I just remember because this was it must have been I don't know ninety nine or so. So Malkovich is at this point like best known for Con Air, and <laughs> and you know, <laughs> right. and and I'm just like wow. 
wow, he's he's got hair. Right. It, I, right. I'm sure it was right. like a toupee or whatever. But I was like, wow, this is weird. This is crazy. Right. I think for most of us, I always act. I always think of Malkovich as in the line of fire, and so I'm just a little bit off. And I'm sure he is. Yeah. But uh, it's nice to uh, have uh, read that. JVL. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm fine. It's the third consecutive weekend of half of my children being sick, so I'm doing the rounds. Yeah, it's not worth. It. I want to hear about Woodshop. Well, really the only time I came to work today on Thursday, <laughs> just thinking of nothing but hearing about Woodshop. Okay, so here's the situation. I was in New York City this weekend, so I did not do Woodshop. Instead, my father-in-law, Doctor Bob Dwyer, uh, took my son to Woodshop, and I came back and I said, okay, how did it go? Was everything okay <clears throat> with Grandpa? And a, supposedly he was a big hit, and they loved him, and uh, not only did they put like finishing touches on the feeder, uh, he also carved out wood blocks that spell out Mike on the bandsaw that were really cool looking, and then uh, and then he really hit it off with Arthur, the instructor, and uh, and then he, apparently, according to uh, my son, uh, Arthur was like, here's my his card, telephone number, come back next week it'll be great we're gonna have a lot of anytime you want to come back i'm just not sure if he meant come back with me or come back instead, instead of, of me no. you've been replaced i'm sure it's fine <laughs> that would have been a great oh, ending good, good, show. good show guys sorry <laughs> that's so fantastic it, i came back and i saw the lettering and i'm still trying to figure out how he did it so well on the uh, on the bandsaw he probably um, just has a lot of experience working <laughs> with bandsaws i know um, yes, and uh, so that's that situation. You know, look, your father-in-law, uh, yes. as nice a guy as he is, as handsome as he is, as smart yeah. as he is, and, and he was a jock in high school, as a surgeon as mm-hmm. he is, as a three-letter man, he is a lousy, lousy editor. Yeah, you know, I I'm know not so this sure about, about his writing. You know, like, I know this about you know him. About he probably him. he probably leaves adverbs everywhere. You know garbage run-ons. So, what sort of man crazy. is he anyway? Really, really, despite having a purple heart from Vietnam. <laughs> yeah, retiring neurologist. Yeah. Other than that. What could he do in three-letter sports? You show me an example of where he has caught italicized periods. Thank you. Oh, that's a tricky one. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's right. That's right. Uh, Trickier than the bolded period. The bolded period, it jumps out at you, but the italicized period. people could find that. Uh, Kelly Jane Torrance among them. Uh, So again, I was in uh, New York City. Uh, And I get together with friends. Uh, We do this once a year. Oh, did you go to Sparrow? (laughs) <laughs> no, yeah, did you have the best pizza? Uh, amazingly, we did not get pizza. We went to a place for brunch. and oh, brunch. Uh, yeah, because I arrived wow. early. It's a Saturday. Millennial. Every, everyone is Did you get brunch. off the cover toast? No, I, I had steak and eggs, and they were actually really good at Lex Brasserie, I think, in Midtown. And then we went to a seafood place called Crave Fish Bar at night. But I was going to explain the reason why we go, of course, because you know one of my good friends, Steve Rushford, had uh, you know passed away uh, last year of cancer. And so we get together every year, the high school friends, to celebrate life uh, by drinking ourselves to death. Yeah, that's smart. What we, did. we started at about uh, 1.30 in the afternoon, but then anyway, we closed up about 11.30. At night, oh, so ten hours. So, yeah, just I mean, uh, just <clears throat> about. I'm sorry. Eleven thirty is when everybody starts going out in New York, though, right? I mean, that's like. Yeah, and that's by that time we were back in the hotel room. And your body thought that this was okay. We just kept on going and see what happens because you know we're only in our mid forties, a bunch of five dudes in their mid forties going from bar to bar, uh, and uh, yeah. So I but I said okay, I know it's going to be a long day from one thirty to eleven thirty, whenever. So you know what do you do, Sonny? What do you do if you know it's going to be a long day of drinking? You have to there there. Two things, there are three things you have to do. The first is to create a good base 
that the alcohol can soak into. So steak and eggs, great choice. Oh, thank you. Great choice. Yes, yes. Uh, number number two is to hydrate before and during. That's the key. Is you don't want to like drink a you know glass of water before and be like I'm fine. You got to keep drinking yeah. water. Mm-hmm. You want to. You mm-hmm. got to. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not saying that you should carry around like a Gatorade bottle or anything, but but. Not a terrible it's, idea. It's the Robert Parker uh, school, which Robert Parker, the wine guy, he does a ratio of one to one in his business. Yeah. One glass of wine, one glass of yep. water. Uh, it's not It's not a terrible idea. Uh, and then third, right before you go to bed, this is my my, 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 all, my foolproof cure for hangovers. Uh, you drink w- uh, one big glass of water, like eight to 12 ounces, drink the, drink the glass of water, but also take two Motrin. Oh, interesting. Just, Chug down some ibuprofen water. Mm-hmm. You will wake up. I mean, you might be tired still, yeah. but you won't. You, you won't have a headache. You might, but you'll be achy. I, I can imagine doing that and then, like, you know, having an accident because I just, you know, passed out and I drank so much water you before mean, I you passed out. Pee pee yes, that, that's bed. my fear. Well, this is well. Fortunately, since you're tipping the maids, as we discussed. Oh, as we discussed in, two in, days ago. Two days ago. Three days ago. Three days ago. Uh, two days ago. They'll uh, take care of that. They they'll 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 uh, you know, I. Uh, my my key was consistency, right? I said you try to be. Cons- I thought about this on the train up. I said, let me think about you know what I can do to be consistent. So we got to brunch, and when I, you say cons- just explain consistency, uh, consistency to of spirit. You don't want to mix and match. Just stay with one thing. I think that the effects of whatever hangover, whatever you might get the next day, are minimized when you're not all over the place. So I started at brunch with a Bloody Mary with Tito's vodka. But then I moved on to bourbon. I had a Woodford Reserve on the rocks. And then I started going to bourbon and club soda, like, a, like a, you know, Jim Beam. And then we went to a, a bar, and then I got an old-fashioned with Makers. Uh, and then I had a Doers and Soda. And then at, during dinner at the Fish Place, I wanted to get a clear spirit, so I got a gin martini. Um, and then I think by the end of the night, I, was, uh, I had an Irish whiskey. Uh, so, Irish coffee. I, so I, the, the consistency. I might have failed, no, but here's, slightly. I, I think on the that, consistency. I, I don't. I don't think consistency is a is you a don't good think, plan oh, well, because okay. I mean, look. If you're consistently drinking bourbon, you're just going to get really, really drunk. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. the consistency only works mm-hmm. if you're doing like, you know, like Miller Light. I'm going to drink nothing but Miller Lights. I'll be fine. JVL, what is your advice? I, I'm sure it's fine. Right, you have no advice. You have it. When is the last time you've gone on like a like a ten hour bender? That's what I want to know. It's like, oh, I let, one thirty. To, yeah, it's I have not. I have not gotten for real drunk since that White House correspondence dinner, <laughs> the one with Larry Miller of now sixteen years ago, seventeen years ago, which is the one which was. Oh wait. This is the one where the you went to that party. Yeah, you got Bloomberg invited and I did not. With, like me and Shannon Doherty, me and Harrison Ford. With Jeffrey Tubin. Me and Jeff uh, me and Jeff Tubin, Via Din, Outrage. Drew Carey. Outrage. Just like the uh, the uh, How did you get into this party? <clears throat> I went as Bill Crystal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tried to go smart. as Fred Barnes. You that tried didn't to go work. As Fred Barnes and didn't get in. <laughs> <laughs> that is it is funny because this is exactly how I got into the only like White House course not correspondence dinner after party that I went to uh, I, I said I was Nick Sweezy yeah <laughs> I, went, I went I went I was like uh, Nick Sweezy you white people have it so easy I should have got his Viet Din I didn't know he was on the list yeah. you j- <laughs> but that was the last time I, I mean think I that was Fred so Barnes. Bad. I think I said yeah. Fred Barnes yeah. yeah. so I've, I've never since then I've never had more than like two drinks in a setting it was so bad I just thought I never want to feel like this again 
The you know who else got rejected from that? I think we mentioned this on the show. Rich Eisen. Me and Rich Eisen, we were standing together yep. at the curb. I tried to pull you both in. Couldn't Rich Eisen, and that's at like the height of Rich Eisen yeah, and it Sports was, Center's yeah. and, powers. But those those yeah. girls working that were totally clueless. Um, well, I mean, and, and again, or the name, just good at their job, or maybe. But no, there was a. Well, I mean, there's a there there's was a an list. electric. There was an electronic error where people who had RSVP'd uh, voicemail versus online didn't get it, so a bunch of people did not get in that day. That's what they. I tell myself, but anyway, I guess uh, um, you're better for it, JVL, because I did get, I think, particularly hammered. Speaking of getting hammered, Thor Ragnarok, hey, hey smashed the very box office. Nice. Thank you very much. 121 million dollars this weekend. Is that good? It's not Blade Runner good. I mean, it's it's not. Wonder it's Woman is good. Oh, no, oh, well, if you want to compare it, I, I don't it, remember. It was in Wonder Woman 135. No. Oh, I don't think it was that high. I think I'll, it was I'll effort that while you I'm do your sure grown-up that. review. I'm pretty sure it was under, or yeah, I'm pretty sure it was like right at 100 million. I might be wrong. I mean, and, it's, and that was at uh, that was in first place of the 121, and uh, far, far away from that in second place was A Bad Mom's Christmas with 17 million. Why is a Christmas movie coming out before Thanksgiving? You're because, correct, Sonny. 103. Yeah. Uh, because we live in decadent, awful times. I mean, first off, there never should have been a Bad Moms too, because Bad Moms one was just garbage. It's a garbage, unfunny movie. You shut your mouth. It is oh, such. It is, is, is such Moms, a terrible movie. Hold on, Bad Moms it's so too, bad. Right? This is, is this is Kristen this? Bell yeah. can make anything she wants. Anything. I think was... I'm leaning with JVL on this one. Uh, Wait, was was Kristen Bell in that? Was that Kristen? I thought it was. Millie she's Bad Kunis. Moms. Both. They're both. Oh, in they're it. both in mm-hmm. it. All right. Here's the problem. Kristen Bell can be in anything she wants. I'll tell you what. There's Period. Only, the end. There's only one good movie that stars Kristen Bell and Mila Kunis. I agree. Uh, and it's um, forgetting. I Sarah. forgetting Sarah Marshall. Marshall. That is that's a pretty that good is, movie. That is a far superior movie to that's Bad Moms. That's a pretty moms. good movie. That is a great uh, movie bad from moms, beginning to end. I mean, end. the problem with Bad Moms is that it's not funny. It's not. It's not a funny movie. So and you it's saw comedy. Bad Moms. You How saw could bad it not moms? be? And funny? it's not Kristen funny. Bell is hysterical. Have you seen it? No. Well, then you have no idea. Just take my word for it. Hey, not funny. How about the Kristen Bell movie where she's the lifeguard? That's got to oh, be good. Thick. What? That's got to say that's a real movie. I don't. That's I don't you know make it this. sound like it's snuff. That's a real movie. <laughs> that's questionable. Okay. Well. Uh, uh, but 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 my my thought was this. Oh, and Jigsaw came in at six point seven million third place with Thor. Electrifying the box office. What sort of lesson does it hammer home? <laughs> I can't. Why aren't, why, why aren't, why aren't, why why aren't you doing this as Gene? <laughs> I don't Gene understand. It's almost too good for Gene. It's almost too Gene. Gene, Gene would beat you over the head with it. Okay. See. See. You know, this is what the people want. This <laughs> is what the people, people want. Apparently, they do. Also, uh, uh, listener Brian Fautnan, by the way, mentioned that uh, Gene should have had. Where, where was Goldenberg's choose? And I agree, Goldenberg oh, yeah. is a good one. But that's a movie theater choice. You don't. I don't see Goldenberg. I don't even know what Halloween. that is. You go to the theater. Go to the concession stand. There's always Goldenberg chews. They're delicious. Goldenberg. Yeah, it's what like is dark it? chocolate, caramel, and peanut, Pass. and it's chewy. Pass. Deliciousness. Dark also, chocolate is gutter chocolate. Caramel's the worst filling. Listen to this. Here's the. Here's Give me a, a white chocolate have, and nougat. I have one more question. We can move on from candy for good. We. I totally forgot. We'll never about, move on. I've totally candy. forgot about Fifth Avenue. And I like that, and I just ha- I do, but I don't, I don't even see know what it. that is. What's I gotta go. Avenue? I gotta go to my Ayers Hardware store and get a Fifth Avenue. It's delicious. It's crunchy chocolate. All right, JBL. because the show is lagging a little bit. Uh-huh. I bought you oh, boys oh, Reese's pieces. pieces. This is the best kind of Reese's. They are the Thank best. Thank you. Kind. I'm gonna eat these now. I agree. 
Uh, are you gonna? Uh, didn't you just scold Jonathan for not making sure he doesn't have a lozenge? No. And you're gonna start popping Reese's yeah, while fine. you're talking. That's fine. Okay, because hear that, Sonny? Uh, because, because Sonny, while you open that, well, or unless you don't open it, I was going to say uh, you saw Thor Ragnarok. Son, uh, JVL, you did not see it. You saw it. I was Wonderful. tweeting from oh, the theater. Oh yeah, it, like a savage. <laughs> well, great. How was I supposed to avoid being a savage? Because I was herded into the theater like a savage. You while to, I you, went to a to... non non seat selected showing for the first time in a year. Which theater? It was AMC, my hometown AMC, which I'm not going to say which theater it is. And uh, but they they retain like two or three screens that are sit wherever you want, first come first serve. I'm sorry, excuse are me. Savagery. Seating even? Or are they or are they just yeah, flat? Yeah, stadium like, seating. Are they flat? Like the, there's stadium seating, and it. I now look. I'm, it's one of these things where you look back and you think, how did we ever live like that? Because standing in line with a bunch of animals all chomping at the bit and then running around, and I'm saving this seat. No, I'm saving oh, we, that no. seat's taken. Oh, it's the not worst. Si- hey, JVL, not <sighs> since not since Gladiator. Do you remember that mob scene yes. in Gladiator? No. People, hearts were broken, tears were shed. I uh, I so I saw Avengers, the first Avengers. In a theater in Mississippi, because I was out of, I had to go out of town for a wedding. I went to a theater in Mississippi, and it was like going back in time. I love this dis- and, the disdain was, in the inside was, the Beltway voice. But it was, it was really, it was, it was. I mean, like, not, obviously, there was no like assigned seating, and also this was like before assigned seating, even you know, in in real America, the Acela Corridor. But even before then, it was before <laughs> before it was regular. But it wasn't just that it was no assigned seating. It was also non-stadium seating. Mm-hmm. And I haven't been in a non-stadium seating theater since I was, I don't know, like 13. And it was awful. I, I honestly don't understand how we survived as movie-going publics without theaters that are uh, like, A, have assigned seating, B, uh, have stadium seating, and C, have the giant plushy chairs. Here's you know? the Those complication. The For all the problems, no plushy chairs, no reclining chairs, no assigned seating in this theater last night. However, Stephen A. Smith would say, however, they did mask the screen correctly. Uh, what? Well, there's one good thing. And I have to say, if I was forced to choose between properly masked screen and assigned seating, it is not an immediate gimme. I would actually have to sit and think about that for a little bit because you know what? It made a difference in the presentation. No, of course of the movie. it does. Of course it does. Be- the goddamn theater companies refusing to teach their people how to mask screens proper- properly is the the thing so- that will kill the theatrical experience. I'm convinced of this. No, but I. I so here's there 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 are complicating factors here. I would say, in a non crowded theater like a not opening weekend. Oh, but this was opening setting. weekend, big movie. If it was, so, if it was, know. if it was just like, uh, if it was something that was like coming out in four weeks, and I had to choose, I would probably take the properly masked screen in the like crappy theater with the non-assigned seatings. In a in on an opening weekend sort mm. of situation, mm. I would, but by I, yourself, I only one person, and with one person, <laughs> your seating options are enormous. Well, right? yeah, because you don't yeah. need two. Right. So I was just plop myself down on an aisle midway up, and it was fine. I so when I saw the the curtains begin to move when it was showtime, I was so did you let out happy a cheer? and excited? No, but 
because what it meant was that this theater still does that. I had begun to think maybe they just don't do it anymore. Maybe they've just turned off to save five cents a day, just turned off the circuitry that controls the masking of the screen. And no, no, they still do it. Somebody there still knows how to do it. Do you so picture- now next time yeah. this happens, I'm going to jump up like a jackass and go running for the manager and say, hey, 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 over here, theater 15, mask it. Do you picture the screen operator to be like the uh, the, the, the the freckled teen? kid yeah, in Simpsons. Simpsons? Oh, I'm just doing my job. <laughs> That's exactly okay. right. Which we you, can't oh, mask we, the screen, but we can give you this bag of popcorn. Right. That, by the way, of all his various iterations, um, the teen working in the uh, the theme park in the Simpsons. It's like New Year's. Shoot me now. Right. <laughs> Somebody kill me. Or whatever he says. Well, right. It was like it's, you know, it's New Year's Eve every night. five minutes. Every right. Day. Every five minutes it's, they do a countdown. It's kill me now. Which it's TGI McScratchy? Kill me now. CGI McScratchy. <laughs> That's right. Which of you then wants to review both? One Sunny. of you. Why don't you do your big boy Sunny. review? <sighs> Thor Ragnarok. It's the third standalone Thor movie uh, starring Chris Hemsworth, the giant Australian blonde man as uh, Thor. He has been away from Asgard for a bit. He comes back and he finds that Loki has replaced Odin on the th- on the throne. And uh, when they go find Odin, Odin dies. They, they just like, it's like, they just bang, bang, bang. Odin's dead. And when Odin dies, Hela comes back. Now, I don't know exactly what Hela's powers are. She can like throw spiky things and she can't be killed, I guess. And she says she's the goddess of death and she can bring corpses back to life. I think, but I'm not I'm only not, if it's the power of the fire, the eternal flame. Obviously, oh yeah, but yeah, but like she just anyway. she can't do that without the eternal right. flame. So I'm I'm actually not 100 percent sure what her powers are, but she's like super Being bad. Hot. She's super bad. Being Kate, hot are Kate, her powers. Kate Kate Blanchett plays like a mm. kind of a goth, kind of a goth mm-hmm. goddess, uh, and she like goth sh- milf. Kate Blanchett. She like struts around. I in didn't her even recognize pants. her in the in the trail. I didn't realize yeah. it was her. Uh, so anyway, uh, she comes back to Asgard, and while Thor is trying to stop that from happening, he gets kicked off of the Rainbow Road. I guess he gets the, kicked the, 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 bi-frost the Bifrost Bridge. You mean? And I should have done this review. This and is then, I can't believe offloaded this. And then, handed off to JVL. And then and then he winds up on uh, a a dump planet where all of the stuff that falls off the Bifrost, I guess, goes. I don't. I, again, like the the, <laughs> w- the the existence of this planet doesn't really make any sense to me. I don't quite understand why all the garbage of the universe is coming here, but it is. And it's run by Jeff Goldblum. I'm just going to call him Jeff Goldblum because that's that's what he is, uh, and he's kind of weird and twitchy and Jeff Goldblumy. Uh, but uh, when Thor's there, he has to fight the Hulk. The Hulk has been gone for like five years. No one has seen him since the end of the the last Avengers movie. And and Thor shows up and they're friends again. And but it's just the Hulk. It's not Bruce Banner. Just the Hulk. And then they got to get off the planet. So he can't. He's not. Re- I, he he can't undo himself in this world. No. Well, no. He's like stuck as Hulk. I don't. I again, not really explained why. He just kind of wants to be. be I guess. Annoying after a while. Uh, I got to be honest. I didn't really care for this movie, and I, I I didn't care for it because the tone of Thor is all wrong. Like the tone of Thor, the character. So Thor, as a character in the film so far, has been. Funny, but he's not a comic figure. His the the humor kind of comes from being a fish out of water, from like being a kind of a broy, you know, uh, a Viking type in on Earth, and and you know, like smashing coffee cups, and being like more. I want you know, it's weird. It's it's like weird, but kind of funny and cute, and like it 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 all really works. Here, he's just goofy. 
He's just weird and goofy and like screaming like a little girl when somebody comes to cut his hair and he's he's like, you know, doing little riffs and bits with Hulk and it just it it doesn't work for me and I uh I I, I didn't love it. I don't know. I, I I but I'm I'm very clearly in the minority on this. This movie's like 94% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. JVL. I liked it a lot. This is a movie I've been waiting for. This is the movie where Marvel has decided they're going to just stop doing superhero movies and make it a genre movie because this is a buddy cop film. This is Lethal Weapon 2 starring Thor and the Incredible Hulk, essentially. That's not, it's not a buddy cop movie. It's like a stoner flick. No, it's like an action buddy. It's like two guys, like road. Yeah, maybe more, maybe more road trip than more road trip. I mean, they're not, they're not yeah, cops. They're not trying to solve anything. It's you know. well, no, but they are trying to solve something. That they're no, trying they're just to, trying to, to stop beat Hella, Hella and stop. Her. But the point is, what are Hella's it, powers? This is a comedy. This is a yes, pure comedy first. And unlike Guardians of the Galaxy, which is an action adventure movie with comedy grafted around it, this is a comedy first with a little bit of action here and there. All of which is. 100% incidental to anybody's enjoyment of the movie. And I would bet that most audiences, like me, found the last five minutes kind of tedious because we don't care about the... Nobody there care in the theater cares about the battle between Hela right. and what, what we care about is all of the interesting and funny characters which have been assembled around and are allowed to do their thing together. It's great. So you are 100% correct that this is a total rejiggering of the character of Thor. And this is the kind of thing that I normally would have expected Marvel to do when they replaced Chris Hemsworth, because all the beloved Marvel characters that we really cling to and love are going to go away soon because Marvel doesn't need to pay Chris Hemsworth and the other Chris's and Robert Downey Jr.'s. They're just going to find cheaper people to do that, right? Because otherwise those guys in the upcoming them over the coals. In the upcoming Infinity War movies, I, there's a 100% chance that... Fifty percent of all the people we know and yes. love will be killed. Gone. Oh, right. Okay. So you'll wow. you'll get the the Anthony is it Anthony Mack who plays the, the Falcon. Falcon. Yeah. He will become the new Captain America because he's a cheaper actor and blah blah. Um, so I would have expected this rejiggering of the character when they switched Thor's. The problem is that Chris Hemsworth is so gifted as a comedian that yep. he is born to do this stuff. Yep. And now that you've seen him de- be funny and do comedy like mm-hmm. this, the old Thor, now you realize what a stretch the old Thor gig was for him, where he was sort of, you know, kind of regal and uh, put a paw, you know. It, it's He's See, great. I, I he just, is so great at this. Um, I'm going to agree with you that Chris Hemsworth is great at comedy. He's the only good thing about the Lady Ghostbusters movie. He's like the only thing that's actually that funny. Sunny, right? He's the only person who's actually funny in that, and he was funny in the National Lampoon's Vacation reboot. I mean, he's funny. He's an extremely funny person. He's great on SNL. I, but again, I do think that the regal Thor with comedy kind of in the background coming through occasionally with a good line or something like that is a superior version of the character. And I think he is better. I think his version of that character is better uh, uh, than this one. I mean, uh, so the purist in me would say you're correct. The... The other regal version of Thor is the better character and the more interesting character in terms of dramatic storytelling. That said, for a way to spend an hour 45 after one pretty good Thor movie and one terrible Thor movie, I enjoy the heck out of this. I do not often laugh out loud in a movie theater, even with something that's very funny. I laughed out loud probably three times in this thing. JVL, what about the rest of the audience? 
how people went crazy for it. And mm-hmm. I mean, part of it is just the cast is so gifted. Tom Hiddleston is is a really gifted comic He's actor. Kate Blanchett is underrated as a comic actor as well. Uh, Too hammy again. Like her, she had no, she had no presence as Hello for me, other than like like kind of quirky goth chick. I know what Shannon's getting for Christmas. She's getting the antlers. <laughs> oh jeez! <laughs> By the way, um. Uh, Speak Elvish and leave the antlers on, oh baby. Oh, my gosh. Uh, JVL, I had a question, which was... It was great. Oh, and Jeff Goldblum... Well, if I could just continue. Yeah, Jeff please. Goldblum is fantastic. There's, and isn't... You know, uh, I know you people dis, people now dismiss what he does because they're like, oh, well, that's just what Jeff Goldblum does. But what he does is really interesting. We you were know, just so talking... Uh, Sonny and I were just talking about by, this. So he'll start, he'll start a line read by glancing to the side, mm-hmm. then starting his line read, stopping, pausing cocking his head and then giving the line and all the comedy comes from his timing in mm. this sequence and nobody else can do that you know the line itself Except isn't even that Walken. funny I mean he, uh, he's I don't doing, even he's, think I think Christopher he's, Walken he's doing, does something different than what he's Jeff doing, Goldblum he's doing does. a very Christopher Walken thing which is where he's putting commas in random places and then he's mugging for the camera when he does it I so you were down on I the am performance sensitive. it's not it's not that I'm down again I look I don't I don't hate this movie I don't hate it but I I just think the tone is all wrong Compared to the rest of the movies that have the the rest of the Thor movies, it's just it's just so different from the rest of them that but I don't the think other it Thor works. movies aren't great. The first so Thor movie, the first the good. Kenneth Branagh Thor movie is very good. I think I think it's actually good, the most good. surprisingly good of like the yeah. first phase of Marvel movies. I would agree with that. I mean, I, I like I I I don't know that it's it's not better than Avengers, but I do think it's surprisingly good. Better than Iron Man. Better than Iron Man. I would 1. say it's. I think yeah. it. I think it is arguably better than the first Iron Man. So anyway, uh, but like this again, this just doesn't. It doesn't work for me. And the Jeff Goldblum, there's there is a great. I, this is a, it's it's a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. It's not a Thor movie, and I I just I kind of resent the way it has been forced and I just I does does just doesn't work for me. I'm sorry. That's funny. See, I don't even like the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Because again, it's the halfway between action and comedy, and this is just full blown comedy. Are the special effects too distracting because you're in a completely different planet, galaxy, the whole thing, or is it done seamlessly that you can enjoy the movie visually? They're and not it's that not great, too much, frankly. Yeah. I, I, but all the funny is in the language. I mean, there's 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 a little bit of visual funny, mm-hmm. a little mm-hmm. bit of slapstick mm-hmm. funny, mm-hmm. but a lot of it is is really just line delivery and just great acting and great voice acting, right? Yeah. The director, whose name I'm forgetting because I don't have Heiko it up. Watiti or something like that. I don't Excuse know how to pronounce me? it. We may have to, okay, that was 3427. So have to he, that. Uh, he voices one of the... The rock monster. The, right, uh-huh. Waititi, that's his name. Okay. Yeah, uh, The rock monster, and he's fantastic. I mean, the, the rock monster character is written very, very nicely and given a lot of really good material, but his voice work on it is sensational, mm-hmm. and I again I just think it's really funny. It's uh, the only the only moments in the movie where my attention flagged is when they got into serious action because I don't actually care about the serious action. Is this how, how is this the, over two hours? It's probably a little, right at little little longer. Yeah. Okay. Uh huh. And uh, <laughs> we were just saying how much uh, we were talking about the Jeff Goldblum phenomenon. Yeah. I well I what I said to Vic on the way over before I said we need to save it for the show is that there it is it is weird it it is. Like impossibly weird that for a solid two year stretch in the mid nineties, Jeff Goldblum was the biggest action star <laughs> in the world. With between Independence Day and um, uh, Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park, yeah, he he was he was like the big 
action. It's weird. It's just it's. I'm sorry, but that's a weird thing because he is not an action star. Yeah, offline, I'll tell you about his career and why it didn't. Okay. Oh, interesting. interesting. I mean, there are, there are stories, but you know, uh, it was funny because he does talk about. Uh, if you ever see the. Uh, uh, the Steven Spielberg documentary on HBO mm. is it the, the Spielberg one? Um, they interviewed uh, Goldblum about uh, working with uh, Spielberg and how on Jurassic Park, you know, Spielberg is constantly talking th- you through the scene. Okay, look up, look up. You're getting excited. You're going to say, say it now. Okay, good. And now keep on looking, looking. Okay, don't turn. And it's constantly. And he said he he was he almost was ready to up and leave. Like, oh, what is this? And then they were just the rest of the guys were like just. Just go with it. It'll it'll be fine. It'll work. You know. But that's just the way he was. You know. But anyway. But uh, Spiel, but uh, but Goldblum was great in that. I liked him in The Fly. You know. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And going back to even. But in weird quirky movies, I was saying to Sunday. I remember he had a weird cameo in Annie Hall. It might have been the first thing. I don't, I'm sure he's done, had done other things, smaller to that. But he, and he's talking about, I think his therapist, and I think he was just Goldblum being very Goldblum. Uh, anyway, but uh, here he is, and he's, he's still and he still has and he's still working. Didn't your wife say that uh, he plays you in the movie, the Weekly Standard movie? She Maybe. says a lot of things. <laughs> uh, I would say this: Thor Ragnarok has one of the best one theatrical one sheets that I have seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. I am mm-hmm. getting me okay. that, and putting it in my office. Which one? Uh, this this guy. Oh, that's great! Uh-huh. Okay, look at that. Yeah. Look at that. Interesting mm-hmm. colors. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, this movie you loves wait. colors. Well, for our listeners, we'll have to look at it on... Yeah, in the show notes. <laughs> show notes. <laughs> there's, is there anything you wanted to add to Thor, Sonny? Yeah. No. Okay. Uh, there's something I did want to add, which is uh, HelloFresh is a meal kit delivery service that shops, plans, and delivers your favorite step-by-step recipes and pre-measured ingredients so you can just cook, eat, and enjoy. All the ingredients come pre-measured in handy-labeled meal kits so you know which ingredients go with which recipe. HelloFresh is conveniently delivered right to your door in recyclable, insulated packaging. HelloFresh offers a wide variety of chef-curated recipes that change weekly. They employ two full-time registered dietitians on staff who who review each recipe to help make it nutritionally balanced. Finally, you can enjoy not having to plan dinner, spending money on takeout for an easy night, or worry about gathering ingredients week after week. And you won't spend all night in the kitchen because the recipes only take around 30 minutes. There are three plans to choose from, classic, veggie, and family. HelloFresh customers can order three, four, or five different meals per week designed for either two or four people. It's less than $10 a meal. Uh, so again, I had done the Thai Spice Pork Meatballs, Adobo Loco Steak, and the Carolina Barbecue Chicken. And the interesting thing with the Carolina Barbecue Chicken is they had you, you know, you have to have some sort of implement and order. They say like a rolling pin, but I have a mallet. And you got to pound that. And it harkened back for me to the episode where I talked about making the chicken schnitzel exactly the same way. Nice, thin. And the advantage when you pound it thin is it cooks very fast. Do you use like your actual hammer that you use for shop class? <laughs> no, I actually spend money on this mallet. And uh, it's just to, you know, is you can raise, beat. Is no, it a it's metal, metal mallet? It's metal. It's metal. What do you, underneath it, do you have a booze block? Uh, uh, or do yes, you do so it right on <laughs> your granite? <laughs> I, I hear you're supposed to hit it on your granite. Well, one right? of the problems was I was using it on Wait, the- is it booze block or bows block? I don't know. B-O-O-S. I, it has to be booze, right? The problem was I was using it. I, initially, I would hammer these schnitzels on the counter where the washing machine is installed and starts shaking. You can like dislodge things, and so we switched it to one of our other sort of um, uh, big, you know, um, 
chopping block tables and just or you take know, it out on the patio. Put it on the that on the concrete helps. Like Between that, two right? pieces of cellophane, don't don't do it straight on the thing. Um, well, you're gonna cook it. That, that's, that's All the a, impurities that's, that's will just point. cook right out. Of that's your a good meat. point. What oh, I lo- sorry, I'm, I'm in the middle of the read. Oh my gosh! I, what I loved, however, is that uh, they give you just the right amount of ingredients. So sometimes I'm gonna shop for something I want to make, and you buy parsley or chives or cilantro, and you just need a little bit, and you always have to buy it by the bunch, and the rest of it goes in the bin, and you forget about it until you say, "Hey, what?" What's this liquid yeah. in my bin? That's always the best when you open up the drawer and yeah. you get the, mm-hmm. the like sloshing mm-hmm. black mm-hmm. sludge. And then Ooh. there's lots of uh, finger pointing and accusations flying. Who forgot to get rid of this parsley? It's not, pr- it's not pretty. I said, you want me to just leave it there? I just throw it away. I just throw it away after I'm done. If I buy a bunch of parsley for a... And this is one of the great things about... Uh, this this yeah, meal service, yeah. Hello Fresh, is that uh, you don't have to feel bad about just wasting no. tons <laughs> and tons of food because that's what I do. Well, there's, thank you, Sonny. There's no wasting. Now, HelloFresh has a special offer to listeners of the Substandard Podcast. For $30 off your first week of HelloFresh, visit HelloFresh.com and enter promo code SUBSTANDARD30. One more time, to try HelloFresh and get $30 off your first week, go to HelloFresh.com and use promo code SUBSTANDARD30 at checkout. Now. JVL, you mentioned something before the show. Yeah. I, What's going on? Talk to us. Well, I had two things to talk about, uh, but we're running late, and I think our show's been going too long. So I just want to, do you guys listen to Jonah Goldberg's new? We still have about 20 minutes. New show. Uh, the Remnant. The Remnant? No, I don't I don't watch. I don't fantastic. listen to that. I don't listen to that because he hasn't invited me on yet. It's fantastic. If Jonah invites me on, I'll listen to his podcast. It's so good. Is then. that the only podcast that you listen to or the ones that you've literally, been invited to? Literally the only podcast I listen to are ones that uh, invite me on. So last week's episode featured Andy Ferguson. Eh. Okay, so he so he does that, but he won't do this. Okay, and in fine. the Piker. middle of the show, Jonah mentions uh, Bigfoot erotica. Now I thought this was, and Jonah's like, "Oh yeah, no, there's a, th- it's a thing, it's out there." And I thought that this was. I'm listening to this on my drive in this morning at four thirty, and uh, I'm sorry, on Monday morning at my drive in on four thirty. And I thought to myself, that's really inspired shtick. And then I sat down and I thought, but is it shtick? And so I went to the Amazon. Better you than me. And I just searched for Bigfoot erotica on the Amazon. Would anybody care to guess the number of results? If you if I'm you put in if you put the in words Bigfoot, are Bigfoot erotica not erotica. In, not in not in quotation marks just Bigfoot erotica <laughs> I'll, I'll put them in quotation marks so we can get a, a truer sense okay many many fewer than when it's not in right. quotation marks because I assume Bigfoot erotica just on its own you get a lot of Bigfoot and a lot of erotica not okay. necessarily so Bigfoot say, erotica in quotation marks I'll say twelve hundred hits thousand. Only 167. Again, oh. we're only on the Amazon. We're not talking about the Google uh, machine. Yeah. Uh, and there were a lot of interesting things. I learned a lot from looking at this stuff. What is it? Without having to <clears throat> believe yourself. Uh, number one, Bigfoot and the Bridesmaid. Uh, written by Houghton Wet. Oh, oh, so like actual... <laughs> oh, Houghton. <laughs> I'm a big fan. Houghton oh, Wet I like that. With That's good 14 reviews, an average of three 14. and a half stars. 14, 14 reviews. reviews. My favorite. Uh, what? How much does this cost? Uh, hold on, hold on. That, I believe that's six. That's six reviews less than my vodka book. I'd like to point that out. Okay. If you want, here's Dustin E. Weens writes two stars. 
if you want an erotic book about Bigfoot, here you go. Just wish it had more of a storyline. <laughs> All I Look. could think of was Maud from Big Lebowski. You can imagine where it goes from here, Jeffrey. <laughs> he, fix, fix her cable. <laughs> he fixes the cable. <laughs> There's more. There's more. So this is like, do they have like Harlequin covers, like romance? Bigfoot knocked me up. The complete 10 book set. Wow. One, one book for each month of the pregnancy. Broken in by Bigfoot. Ganged by Bigfoot. <laughs> My Yeti Lover 2. <laughs> it's Do you have to have read Yeti Lover ama- 1? Well, yeah. I, I'm, con- I'm con- interested in whether or not. I have a question. One of these, yeah, okay. one of these snuck in through the search results. Enslaved, the York Captive, part one. 104 reviews. Vic, how many reviews does vodka have? Yeah, I think 20. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, well, maybe you yeah. should write. Yeah. The Orc Captive Part 2. What is it called? The Orc Captive. The Orc. Or, oh, so or now we're getting into other sort of large oh, This is the creatures. This, is, this is the non-quote yeah. yeah. uh, non okay. search. I, I, I have a question, though. I have a question. Well, the Kindle edition of Bigfoot and the Bridesmaid is free. So. Oh. <laughs> I know these, what I'm reading these books, when I go up to New York. Books, if you call the books of uh, Bigfoot and the Yeti, and Jonathan's showing us, okay, yeah, oh, okay, right. All right, great. Um, I like I like that the bridesmaid in Bigfoot and the bridesmaid is just like on a women. nude beach. Yeah, that's I don't know what's happening. I don't there. quite. She's she's not dressed like a bridesmaid. No. Wouldn't you put like a bridesmaid are, outfit on? Do her? we know? Are are the big feet the Bigfoot the big feet? Are they intelligent or are they like? Is it savage <laughs> love, so to speak? Is it like ah? Or is it like you know? I am human. You know. Hold on. Let me give one. I one am of not the reviewers, an animal. One of the reviewers had a line in this <laughs> saying that he was surprised by the depiction of Bigfoot as a gentle lover. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that that's probably the the twist. I mean, that's what you'd want because you think, oh my gosh, this is so scary, and then oh my gosh, he's so good. So Jonah has or promised gentle, me. I should say. Jonah has promised me that he is going to get one of these books mm-hmm. and do a dramatic reading on the next episode of The Remnant. Excellent. Jonah Goldberg. So if you're done with this podcast, if you feel like you've basically well, gotten everything you could possibly get out of 52 episodes I think we're all done with this podcast. If you've hit rock bottom like I we have. I highly recommend you transfer your allegiances to The Remnant with Jonah Goldberg. If for nothing else than to read him, uh, listen to him reading I, what I hope is Bigfoot and the Bridesmaid. Okay. I mean, all right. Yeah, it's amazing. That sounds, so we can talk about is, that other thing. So this later. is not like Harry and the Hendersons. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's um, very, thank you. Did you did you want to share a Lego thing with us as well? Or I, no? you know, so this is I, I have a an, I have a, an ethical question. We have like for ten you, minutes for so. you, Sonny. No, we can just have a short episode. Yeah, well, uh, whatever, Sonny. You hate thieves. Yes. And especially. Intellectual property thieves. Yes. Okay. So there is a company mm-hmm. called Lepin. Okay. L E P I N. Lepin makes things that look exactly like Lego sets. Yes. Probably using the exact same molds that Lego uses in their Chinese factory. Mm-hmm. There are YouTube videos of. Uh, people going to the, like the the guy who's the head of one of the Lego factories with a Lepin minifigure and a Lego fig minifigure and ask him to show choose which is which and he can't. Uh, the difference is you can only buy Lepin through like Alibaba or AliExpress. 
So you which can is only Chinese you, eBay. You can only buy it from <laughs> countries that don't respect intellectual property. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they cost pennies on the dollar. Uh-huh. So for instance, the Avengers Helicarrier set that I mm-hmm. have long coveted. Uh, but which is a little bit too much for me to justify spending, mm-hmm. is on its way from Guangdong province. And uh, and it's, 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 I bought it with pocket change. Sonny, is that smoke coming out of your headphones? <laughs> well, here's my Let's... question. So you are, troubling. you are the nice Danish folk from Lego. You live in your Scandinavian paradise where your security is guaranteed by the United States and you don't have to spend any money on the military or anything mm. like that. And you think, oh, I have my company. My Faja has a company right here. And we, we can <laughs> save a little bit of money and by moving our production out of Europe and over to China. And, you know, we'll save money. And China is just a country. And I'm sure everything will be exactly the same as it is here in Scandinavia. And then you get to China and you discover that there is no law. Mm-hmm. There ain't no law in There's Deadwood. no law. Yeah. And so the Lego company has sued Lepin in Chinese courts, and the Chinese courts essentially laughed at them. <laughs> I'm sorry. What do you What do you want us to do about yeah. it? There ain't no law in Deadwood. Uh, and so is Lego simply getting what they deserved for going to a country with no rule of law and no IP productions in order to save some money for themselves and... Yes, uh, and increase well, profits yes. on their. Well, and so is no. There any... Well, no, it's it's immoral. I mean, it's still immoral. I I am a big believer in like the moral th- framework of copyright and intellectual protection. It's very French of me. It's like my most French. Uh, you have so, so many French aspects. Of your so personality. it's it is, but it is it is a uh, I I it is still immoral that uh, what has happened. Uh, if if the Scandinavians had any guts, what they would do is bomb those factories, <laughs> burn them burn them right to the. F- Burn their own factories and retreat. Yeah, to Scandinavia. I just just burn them down. Yeah, well, they don't have any guts. That's kill, why they're Scandinavians. Kill kill all the Chinese workers who are in there <laughs> as a message to the the people of China. This is what happens when you mess with Lego. Uh, with, Lego. When you, with Lego, and uh, go and go back to making their product. Uh, look, I, my understanding of Scandinavia is that it's overrun by immigrants right now. So just put some of them to work in your rebuilt factories. The Lepin people mess with Lego to such a degree that a few years ago, Lego put out a limited edition set of which they only made like 1,500 of them. Mm -hmm. And it was a set of the, a model of the house of the guy who founded Lego. And it was given, not sold, but given only to Lego employees. And Lepin somehow went and got the molds and just started churning them out. So now anybody can buy one. Oh, my god! They're on Alibaba. Now, They're like $12. Let me ask you about Lego pieces. Lego pieces, are they all made in? Uh, or are they also China. made in? They're also Lego almost, is made almost, in China. They're almost well, all made over there. This is all, everything happened. is made did, in China. So, wait, did, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a little bit confused. Did Lego move production from Scandinavia to yes. China recently? Yes. Was this in like the last 10, 20 years? Yes. I don't. Yes. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then and you have Lepin. to see it's fantastic. So like you know the Harry Potter Lepin sets are you know Magic World, and the Lord of the Ring regulars are like you know a sor- you know, sorcery Ring and Sorcery or something oh, like that. They just come up with different names, but it's uh, but, but the font is yeah, the same. The and font. they even what's fan- I'll find a picture of the box. They even <laughs> get like actors who look exactly like. This could be a problem. <laughs> it's be a real fantastic. Problem. Wow. But so is it wrong 
to purchase these things. They're available. It is, it is wrong. They're available for. I'm paying is, somebody for them. I'm is, not stealing them. And it the is, pieces are actually interchangeable. Then you know what you've done. Exactly. You know what you've done. I am paying somebody for a good. You feel. You feel. But you feel they are selling the good. Here's the problem. You feel guilt for this, and that's why you're asking. I don't feel any guilt. You I do feel. You do feel guilt. <laughs> Because you're so you're so you're so bothered by it, you had to bring it to the to the council to get a I was to get signed as to what because this brings a couple things into conflict <laughs> Look, for you: no stealing, but also free marketing, right? And the the market says mm, the free you know, the free so market. What happens? No, but the free market has always been based on certain intellectual property protections. I mean, like this, it's literally in the Constitution. So the Constitution is the free market. The Constitution guarantees uh, intellectual property rights. This is this is it's literally in the Constitution. Vic, what would you say? Buy buy Lepin or no? Because let me tell you this: the Millennium Falcon Ultimate Homewrecker Edition, Mm -hmm. you can buy the Lepin version of it for for nothing. Does it say Lepin on the pieces or something? No. Doesn't say anything on the pieces. I'll get back to you on that. I don't have an answer. So if I could go out and purchase the Millennium Falcon Ultimate Home Record Edition for like seventy bucks, mm-hmm. as opposed to eight hundred dollars, I mean, the real problem is you're spending all this money crushing. on children's toys. So I mean that there there's a deeper issue here than your Sunny. I am a child. Than your uh, your various moral okay. quandaries. And we right. can move on now. There's we a, we killed an, enough time. That's good. <laughs> Uh, Spirit of the Week. Boy, I wish we'd talked about Stranger Things. Ah, next episode. Maybe Maybe. next week. Yes, definitely. Uh, Spirit of the Week. This is great. This arrived at my office. on. It was on my desk when I arrived this morning in a box. Filibuster Whiskey. This is the the dual cask. um, uh, This is the Boondoggle. The Boondoggler. Excuse me. The Boondoggler, which is a, they describe it as a bountiful, Bloviating blend of rye and bourbon, artfully aged in a caucus of cooperage, including American, French, oak, and sherry barrels. So it moves around. That's why it's like dual, technically triple cask. Uh, Sid Delari over there at Filibuster, um, they just, uh, they invi- he invited me to the grand opening of the distillery out in Morrowtown and in Virginia. I said I couldn't make it, but maybe he could send us uh, through a distributor. Um, a bottle, and he did. So very special thanks to Sid Delari and the folks at Filibuster Whiskey. Uh, Sonny, what did you think about it? Uh, I liked it. I liked yeah, it. It's a, it's a very it's very smooth. I'm a big fan of the filibuster dual cask, and this oh. is a variation on. So you've this. Had, had it. Filibuster. We've had it here in the in really? the yeah. We've had oh, the dual cask exciting. before. It's good. Okay. Um, and I but this is a this is an interesting little kind of tweak on that. I I, I quite liked it. Good. Okay. Uh, correction. Uh, J- uh, JVL, you're going. You're, you're going with your stand. The good old standby here. Schoffer Hofer. I have some scurvy creeping up on me, and this is going to take care Time of that for me. I have to get that. Thank God for the I have a correction. Food. Good. Uh, my email buddy, Doreen, writes in to say that the answer to your question about Wimbledon. Oh, yes. Barley water. That's right. Barley water. Right. Barley water was what they, which is funny because that is a line in Mary Poppins. Right when they're they're, ask, they're asking for in the the kids with their nanny song with who doesn't smell like barley water <laughs> is one of the lines good. there. That's good. Um, I have one addition to our micro that we taped three days ago, uh, which is in tips about things and service and whatnot. I would say consistency of finding a place to go to eat if it's a good place, a good enough place. Go to one place, and if you just go there for the next twenty years, like I've been doing in D.C. or whatever. Uh, you get to know the people, and you get good service, and you can't, um, 
you can never sort of uh, undervalue sort of uh, the importance of good service anywhere. I'll tell you my big uh, big pet peeve. Uh, for example, um, places like uh, Joe's Seafood, which is a nice restaurant. It's a great restaurant. But you go in the front, and if you, let's assume you had 10 people in a party. All right. And they'll say, uh, are all your people, is everyone in your party here? No, nine, nine out of our 10 people are here. Oh, so you have to wait. Well, the table's right there. No, got to wait for the one person. You never get that, do you? Man? I hate that. Well, no. I mean, that basically kind of happened at Joe's, and I'm like, that's got. And that happened at uh, um, Del Frisco's. Uh, we did that once where I showed up early before you guys years ago. We we had lunch, and then they're like, oh, can't wait. Let's at the tables. Yeah, can't I sit I, at the table? Yeah, but if I remember correctly, that was like restaurant week or something. Maybe if but yeah, I which said, I but, can but understand. But I can understand why can't I just sit at the table? I'll I'll start ordering now. I'll order all I'll the order drinks. Drinks. So no. that's my only other addition. Okay. Uh, well, one, one percenter problems, <laughs> expense account problems. That's the, I mean, that's what that is. Your, you know, face on the wall, the palm. You kind of want to know these things. Okay, that's all the time we're giving to this episode. Thank you, JVL, for showing me the picture. Oh, that's such a con of weapon. Uh, that's all the time we're giving to this episode. Questions, comments, complaints, compliments. Tweet us at Victorina Mattis at Sunny Bunch at JV Last. Again, be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or Google Play. Just type in Substandard under Podcasts, and we're there. Leave a review. Tell your friends. Until next time. Do you have any outtake notes? I have one. Go ahead. Okay. You're up. Okay. Uh, it was, you know, after, after all is said and done, I talked several days ago, about, uh, earlier today, I guess, in our show about the, uh, the bar crawl that we did uh, in New York City. Mm. Um, I was feeling, you know, ugh, the next day, but I, I wasn't hurting. I kind of did pace myself. Uh, but it is funny how friends will push you like, no, we got to keep on going, keep on going until they're no longer making any sense. And you realize that the person like my friend Stevie Starris is telling you to go and then he doesn't even starts repeating conversations that we've had already. Apparently, I, I was told this the next morning, I ate a fried pickle that fell on the floor of a pub. But my argument is it was at the Stag's Head on 51st Street, uh, but it was fried. So uh, hold on, I'm, don't, don't, don't take us out here yet oh that's why i asked if you had any outtakes well, I thought you were vamping you know and you're for doing you. your thing on your laptop again you do this all the time go ahead jvl preface from a book written by richard squatchman although the following story is a work of fiction it is reality based as a world-renowned sasquatch researcher i have had numerous encounters with these magnificent creatures and i can attest to their remarkably sensual nature between that and the fried pickle, I'm sure it's fine. <laughs>